8.31 and now to our Spectrum with Jamie Sung. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And uh, so last week, the US Treasury bond yield curve inverted for the first time since 2007. And that is seen as indicating a recession at some point in the fairly near future. Mm-hmm. Not immediate, but it's a, it's a worry. The inversion sent stocks and commodities tumbling in the US and Europe. But they then bounced back, and uh, there have been a lot of mixed uh, interpretations of that. Um, so we delved into the issue briefly earlier today in our business news roundup. Let's look deeper with local media outlets, how they've been weighing in. Um, we can start by just explaining further the significance of the yield curve inversion, especially as this was a, a very short-term issue and, and then bounced back. Sure. As you know, a government bond is debt sold by the government, and normally a bond with longer maturities would have a higher yield to compensate investors who are taking on an additional risk by having their money trapped for a longer period of time. Typically, the longer maturity a bond has, the higher its yield would be, so a 10-year bond would deliver a much higher yield than a 2-year bond, which would make the yield curve that is a plot of the yields from 1-month bonds to 30-year bonds create an upward slope. But the curve ceases to slope upward when investors start worrying. If they suspect a looming recession, they'd be concerned about short-term growth potential and turn to safer assets like government bonds, so uh, more specifically longer-term bonds with less volatility as they see it. So the yield curve inversion means the market's worried about a recession. It's not necessarily a a cause, it's an indicator. Right, exactly. And generally, market worries can turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's so that, wh- there you've got indicator and cause together. <laughs> right. That's why the inversion was almost always followed by a recession, though there's been an one false positive. In the mid-1960s, an inversion was not followed by a full-blown recession, but an economic slowdown. Some economists argue that's what could happen this time, too, saying this time is different. They explain that the U.S. Treasury bond yields are down not because of domestic concerns, but because of a global drop in yields caused by central banks cutting interest rates to stimulate growth. I mean, frankly, the Trump factor makes everything about this different. Also, the the card that he still has to play, if uh, he was able to recover the relationship with China, that would be such a major boost for so many markets around the world that it would probably be uh, enough to, to generate uh, a fair few growth engines. But the Hungu in terms of the newspaper response here, said markets have stabilised anyway since Wednesday. Um, it did refer to needing to keep an eye on the real economy. Yes, I said the fear of R, R meaning recession, was somewhat assuaged the next day with the Dow Jones Industrial Average bouncing back 0.39% on Thursday U.S. time. And stocks in China and Japan that had plummeted along with the Dow also stabilizing on Friday. The paper said the Kospi index fell only by a limited 0.58%, indicating a wait-and-see attitude among investors in Korea. But signs of an economic downturn, such as the U.S. bond yield inversion and Germany's shrinking GDP, have not completely disappeared, so we'll still need to watch changes in the real economy carefully. The newspaper staying with the Hangul Ball said that what matters here is declining market confidence. It did. It added experts believe the Trump administration's stimulus policy has run its course, so an economic slowdown or a recession is likely if the U.S.-China trade war starts affecting the real economy. It said that's why Trump immediately asked the Fed for an additional interest rate cut when the stock market tumbled last week. 
The paper reported research from Credit Suisse says there have been five inversions in the two-year, 10-year rate curve since 1978, with a recession occurring 22 months after an inversion on average. And what did the paper say about its ramifications for the Korean economy? It worried the overall macroeconomic conditions and exports, investment, and consumption could worsen, despite a stimulus effect from an interest rate fall in Korea, following a rate cut in the U.S. and other major economies. The paper reported the Korean government also continued a negative assessment of the economy for a fifth consecutive month in its monthly economic green book. The Hangogilbo urged the government to speed up its efforts to boost the economy with deregulations, apart from measures to stabilize financial markets. Moving on, the Kungminilbo pointed out exacerbating external economic conditions. Yes, it said amid prolonged U.S.-China trade tensions that are growing fiercer, the U.S. economy is stepping on a break after its continued growth. The paper said in particular the 10-year and 2-year bond yield curve inversion is freezing investor confidence in the global market. It added trade conflicts with the U.S. caused China's industrial output growth to slump to a 17-year low of 4.8% year-on-year last month. And Germany and the UK saw its GDP shrink 0.1% and 0.2% respectively. The Kuminibu said there's growing fear of a simultaneous recession in major economies. And it argued, didn't it, that the economy here will take a turn for the worse unless the government lifts regulations and improves conditions for business investment. Yeah, it said Japan's economic retaliation could push recovery in Korea's exports and manufacturing further out of the picture in the face of global economic slowdown. Adding financial markets are sending a warning signal with the difference in the three-year bond yield and the 10-year bond yield narrowing to an 11-year low of 0.077%. The paper claimed this means the market interest rates could also drop to below 1%. The paper said the Korean government aims to expand fiscal spending as a countermeasure to the changing economic conditions, adding the government has allocated some 510 trillion won for next year's budget in an effort to stimulate the economy for three consecutive years. The Kuminibu claimed the stimulus policy has little or temporary effects and pointed to the negative private sector contribution in the second quarter GDP as evidence. It then called on the government to accelerate deregulations and abandon the income-led growth policy. And if we want, if we dare, should I say, to get an even more pessimistic picture, Mm -hmm. we can turn to the Sege Ilbo, which has said the economy in this country is in freefall. Yeah, it said Korea's economic outlook projected by 42 organizations at home and abroad fell from an average of 2.1% last month to 2% this month. It said Korea's fall without wings, it called it, is evident in June economic indexes, referring to a 0.7% month-on-month decrease in the all-industrial production index and a 1.6% drop in retail sales. However, for a 0.4% increase in plant and equipment investment, the paper said it only increased because it had dropped by 7.1% in May. The Segeibo also said exports fell 11% last month and are falling even more this month. So the Segeibo gave similar advice, didn't it, to the Kuminilbo that you just mentioned before, telling the government to adopt a pro-business policy. Right. 
First, it's that amid Korea's economic slowdown, the global economy is also feeling the fear of recession, pointing to the U.S. Treasury bond yield curve inversion Wednesday, saying that's why global stock markets took a tumble last week. It claimed there's no need to even ask what kind of disaster will happen to Korea if the Hong Kong protests take a worse turn on top of the U.S.-China trade conflict and Japan's economic retaliation. Like you said, the paper concluded now is not the time to proclaim income-led growth or chant peace economy, but instead to get rid of regulations to strengthen business competitiveness. And that's what the Korea Economic Daily seemed to argue as well. Yeah, it's a dark cloud around the horizon, both at home and abroad, and the government needs to boldly abandon its anti-business, anti-market policy, as well as slash regulations and inefficiencies that undermine business vitality. Well, investment certainly is required, but someone somewhere needs to abandon invested interests for this uh, to proceed. And, and of course, we have our local situation and very much under the influence of what happens with the US and China going forward. Jamie Sung with Today's Spectrum. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex.